Super High on Roger Lucas and welcome to Food 101. Food, 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 people. Let's talk about food. And today I have a special guest. He's the podcast host of Fifty Pages of Play. No other than Mr. Matthew Blake. Daniel, thank you so much for having me. Aloha is what we say from Hawaii here. That means hello. That means goodbye. That means love. All the good things in life start with aloha. And I really have enjoyed watching and listening to you over time and enjoy what you're doing. So thank you so much for inviting me. Welcome to Food 101. Aloha, people. You want to be a cook or chef. I used to watch my mom when I was a kid. Uh, in the kitchen preparing food. Now, she was a really good housewife-type cook. She wasn't formally trained, but she made a lot of things that are still near and dear to my heart and that I, you know, will think about that I want, oh, I want mom's spaghetti or lasagna or whatever it might be. So even all these years later, I can think back that my mom was the reason and probably responsible for why I got into the food world. So, Mr. Matthew, where did you study culinary? I studied in London and at the Cordon Bleu, uh, and I learned pretty much everything that a culinary arts center can create, whether it would be about food history, uh, about the flavors, the combinations, psychology, and all the other things having to do with food and flavor. And so... I learned in London, moved back to Los Angeles where I had been living prior, hired myself an agent, not a literary agent, but a cooking agent, sort of like a high-end domestic agent. And I asked to get some private chef work and I started cooking for people in Hollywood and rock and roll world. So that kind of began the real career in Los Angeles. Wow, interesting, Mr. Matthew. So, how did you craft your podcast, 50 Tastes of Grey? 50 Tastes of Grey is a show that talks about everything in life worth loving. My last name being Grey, and the word tastes has to do with things that I enjoy. So it's not all about food, even though very, very recently we were acknowledged by the Feedspot website as uh, the 24th best food podcast in the world. So I'm really excited about that. And I always talk a little bit about food with every single one of my guests who comes on the show, because I think you can tell a lot about somebody by what they eat and how they describe the food and the flavor that they experience each day. Congratulations being on the list of 70 food best, best food podcasts. And Mr. Matthew, is this your legacy? Your podcast? I think my, I think my legacy is having been able to bring people, food, flavor, and education together. So... Without people, food doesn't really make much of a difference. And without food, you know, you can enjoy as much as possible. So that my legacy, if there is going to be one, is going to be the guy who makes people feel comfortable and pleases them through flavor and education and entertainment.
Yes, indeed. What are your great experiences as a chef? Mm. I've cooked all over the world. I've cooked for famous rock and roll bands like uh, Fleetwood Mac, Pink Floyd, Eagles. I cooked for Robin Williams in Los Angeles. You know, I cooked for friends like you and family. So my experiences in the kitchen are really great because it's my Zen place. That's where I get to relax and think and concentrate and focus. So when I get into the kitchen, it's just like an artist who sits down with his palette and canvas and decides to do what I want to do. So hopefully my legacy is, is the experience and the joy that I bring to people. Well said, Mr. Matthew. So what are your short-term and long-term goals mm. in cooking? I'm not cooking professionally anymore, so I don't have any goals on a long-term basis. What I'm doing now is I'm transitioning into a place of helping others. So if there are people who are looking to start up food tour companies, like uh, the one that I had from 2004 to 2020 when COVID happened, I had a very successful business called Hawaii Food Tours. And that was designed to feed, educate, and entertain people. So I'm helping others around the world start up food tours of their own. I help hotels and restaurants. And I also help individual people who uh, want to improve their health by eating the right foods. So I help people get off medication and fight diabetes and things like that. So my focus is different now. I'm helping individuals in their desire to become professional and uh, creative in the food world. Well, thank you for sharing your talents to the world. And I hope you will continue doing it because people for sure poor benefits for that. So Mr. Matthew, what, what a cuisine you specialize in, the, in cooking? The cuisine I specialize in cooking, Daniel, is the cuisine that you want to eat. It's always about my friends and my family and the people I'm going to feed. So if I know that you like certain food, it could be Asian food or Indian food or American food, I'll try to shape the menu around the food that I know that you would like to have. So my education is classical, but my experience is down on the ground. I want to cook what you want to eat. Oh, yes. Sounds interesting, Mr. Matthew. So what do you think will be the next for Matthew Gray? Hmm. I'm going to, going to continue doing the 50 Tastes of Gray. And I have the rare opportunity to connect with people who are YouTube celebrities and people who are in the food world and entertainment world. And I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying entertaining people and I'm enjoying helping others. Like I said earlier, being able to combine the creative and the business and bring them together. So for me, that's what's important because I have the entrepreneurial and the creative background. Good luck for that, Mr. Matthew. In the kitchen, how would you motivate a beginner in the kitchen. The way that you motivate someone is by teaching them technique. So philosophy won't work at the beginning. You have to teach them technique. Knife skills is something really good. And then flavor combinations and how to work with spices. 
perhaps roasting and then grinding your own spices and creating flavor that you may have never had before. So a beginner has to start at the right place and you need to get the practice in. And just like whether you're learning a language or an instrument, you have to kind of put the time in. So Malcolm Gladwell will talk about the 10,000 hour rule to be able to learn something fully. You need to put in a lot of time over a long time. And that's what I believe in. You can't make somebody be a violinist or a piano player or a chef in a few weeks, but you can get them started. Yes, indeed. Well said, Mr. Matthew. Speaking of books, I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Book 101 Review on my fourth season, people. And please do listen to my latest episode with Miss Safa Burnell. We talk about sci-fi fantasy novels. And please do uh, support my books. Book 101 Review, Volume 1, highly recommended. Volume 2 Suggestion, Volume 3, recommended. Available on Amazon and leading online bookstores worldwide. So, Mr. Matthew, how would you create a delicious food? Well, I would probably start by getting the freshest of ingredients that are locally sourced and being able to create a dish that I know my my customer, my friend, my partner, my family would want to eat. So the trick to making good and delicious food is making good and delicious food that you think is good and delicious. It doesn't matter what I think as the cook. It matters what you think as the patron or the diner or my friend. Yes, indeed. So, Mr. Matthew, let's do a scenario. We have a birthday party and let's do make a menu. Let's start with the appetizer. Well, I would would try to sit down and ask you or poll you, the people I'm cooking for, what kinds of foods that you like and then give you a variety of things that there might be. So, might you like satay with peanut sauce? Might you like egg rolls or would you like meatballs? Would you like a cheese platter? I mean, it could be just just about anything in life. So I've had requests for all different kinds of food. And I think that that's really important to make what your customer wants Wants. to eat. Okay, that's very well said. So let's say, let's start the people you are uh, requesting for the birthday party they want like all vegan mm-hmm. so let's do the start with the appetizer well a vegan appetizer could be something like uh roasted eggplants ratatouille with, uh, <laughs> yeah, ratatouille maybe some hummus with the eggplant, make it sort of Mediterranean style, some sun-dried tomatoes, some good olive oil, maybe a few capers. You make it sort of an Italian Mediterranean style. There's so many different ways to go. The vegan world is really, really popular and growing. And like I said, I'm willing to bend and shape a menu based on what you want to have. So I'm comfortable in almost any arena. Yes, deal with the main course, what we're going to offer. You make a veggie lasagna, uh, 
make a, any sort of a saute dish with, with veggies or veggie proteins or tempeh or soy products or things like that. There are endless varieties of things in the vegan world or vegetarian world that, that we could come up with that would be either elegant or very, very casual in style, but the flavor is where it's going to be at for any sort of a menu that I might put together for people. Delicious, delicious, que bueno, as they said. So, Mr. Matthew, how about dessert? <laughs> dessert. Uh, a vegan dessert. You can go with cakes, pies, cookies. There's lots that you can go with. You know, there's there are different types of flours that fit into the vegan world. Coconut and almond flour, coconut oils, uh, sugars, you know, flavorings like cocoa and vanilla. I use a lot of almond paste, marzipan type things. So I might come up with uh, perhaps a puff pastry with some raspberry and some marzipan. Wow. Interesting array of menu. So, Mr. Matthew, let's compare our classical cooking in the, you know, when vegetable was started and the vegetable started doing it from the 21st century. What's the big difference? Well, we have a lot more variety now. And we have a lot more uh, machines and equipment that we can use. There are a lot of different styles that have grown over the years. And I think that nowadays, because of the variety, you have a lot more flavor available than you would have had 100 years ago or 200 years ago. So it was a much simpler time back then. But there's nothing wrong with simple food. It's just that it it has grown now and the education has grown so much about food and flavor. But that's a good, that's a good question. A lot of people used to, let's say, rinse their chicken before they cooked it. And nowadays in a professional kitchen, we don't, we don't rinse our chicken. What we do is we just throw it into the pan or the, the cooking method and start to create it right from there. Uh, because you don't want to spread salmonella. We're much more aware of the various different things that can be in our food or on our food and foodborne illness and things like that. So we've learned so much now about how to treat food, how to handle food, how to stay clean. Right, but the insects are not the problem. With with freshly grown produce, insects are not the problem. We eat insects all the time. We Not deliberately, but that happens. The difficult thing about produce and fruit and all that other stuff is that the field workers uh, pick the, the fruit and the produce and they don't really have uh, a lot of time to break away and take breaks. And so sometimes food can get contaminated out in the fields. So yes, you must definitely make sure that you wash your fruit and vegetable and produce products correctly. Maybe a little bit of white vinegar along with the water, soak it, soak it again, rinse it, and make sure that it's free of, of as many surface uh, factors that there might be. Whether they're chemicals, it's a hard thing. It's a hard question to answer because a lot of things are labeled organic, which are not. And because something is labeled organic does not mean that it is healthier because there's a, a, a very large list of chemicals and things like that that 
can be utilized in the organic growing world. So a lot of that is just deception, in my opinion. So it's really good to go with something that if you're aware of how it's grown and where it's grown and what kind of products are used on it, because keep in mind, the word organic doesn't mean that it's chemical free. If you guys want to come on over and take a listen to my show, 50 Tastes of Grey, it's really fun because we talk to people about what in life they love. So a lot of times it has to do with food or music or entertainment and that kind of thing. And we have a nice warm and fuzzy conversation all the time. And if you want to check me out, you can go to my website, which is lovelife.com. Or you can check anywhere where all the major podcasts are, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and also over on YouTube. So if you want to see various little video nuggets of what we do, check out 50 Tastes of Grey over on YouTube as, as well. So I'm really happy to have you come aboard and be a part of the show because it is a fun, loving show. Daniel, it was really nice meeting you. Let me just say once again, aloha to you and your audience. Thank you for having me today.